1: Well, good morning, everyone. We're so glad you're with us for our Christmas service. We're going to do things a little differently today, if you've been with us before, just to uh, make something special as we celebrate this season and this time of year. So glad you're with us at Hill City for the last in our Advent series. So over the last month, we've been talking about the Christmas season and especially about the season called Advent, which is all about preparing our hearts for the coming of Jesus. It looks back on the first coming of Jesus and his arrival here on earth, which we celebrate at Christmas, but it also focuses on preparing our hearts for the time when Jesus will come again. So we join thousands of people all around the world who each week are celebrating these different aspects of the Christmas story And so we've talked about hope, the hope to be had in Jesus, even in the middle of darkness. We've talked about the love that we have through God, that he gives us the true gift of love. And we've talked about the joy of new life in him. And this week, this last week of Advent uh, for our fourth candle, we are talking about peace, the peace that God gives to us all. So you've heard the scripture today about the wise men in Matthew 2, 1 through 12. And for many of us, the phrase wise men kind of brings up some pictures that we've seen uh, in different paintings or maybe in a nativity set that you have at home. We see three people, three men uh, coming to a barn, holding decorative boxes that hold their precious gifts. And some of us might imagine them in really rich clothing, maybe even with crowns on their head because of the song, uh, We Three Kings. Fewer of us might, when we hear that, get the picture of them trying to smoke a rubber cigar in our heads, maybe. (laughs) It's okay if you laugh. But most of those images are actually created by famous Christmas songs rather than what we read in the biblical account. So it's important that we recognize what we can actually know from the Bible church tradition was fascinated enough with these characters that they decided there were three of them and that they actually gave them some interesting names the names gaspar balthazar and melchior so yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want to have to carry that name around others in the modern age have been fascinated with this story about the star because they're following a star and people have been trying to prove for a long time oh they really did have this miraculous star. Oh, they really couldn't have followed it. And so you have people going through historical records and proving that, you know, Halley's Comet had appearance about this time or there was a conjunction of planets around this time. But the truth is the Bible doesn't set out to give us any of those details. The things it does give us are uh, the title of these visitors and then also their purpose. So for their title, we we don't know how many were in the group. We don't know if there were three or more of them, but we know they were called magi and that these wise men were typically servants and advisors of kings and that they would serve in the royal court just like the wise magi or the not-so-wise magi that served Nebuchadnezzar during the time of Daniel. Sometimes they were treated well for giving good advice, but They were always subject to the whims of the ruler who uh, had control over the court where they were and so they had to fear for their lives sometimes if they gave advice that was displeasing to whoever was in power. We also know they were readers of signs. Historians of the day described them having a range of duties including dream interpretation, magic, astrology, and fortune telling and so they were often practitioners of the occult. And the forbidden, particularly pagan practice of looking to the stars for guidance in life is interestingly what led them to Jesus. This is a bit uncomfortable for us today. It's like imagining an astrologer getting a better glance at what God really intends in history than the average church-going Christian. We also know the purpose of these magi. They say themselves, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So we know that they came to find a new king, a new ruler, and offer him their ultimate allegiance, their worship, their subservience. And they brought gifts fit for royalty, not expecting anything in return. So. Even though there aren't many details in this story, we get a fascinating account of these men, probably from the Persian court, coming, following pagan wisdom and practices, and finding themselves in Israel seeking out a new king to give their allegiance. I don't know what they thought when they found him in a probably a small house or the relatives' house in Bethlehem, but we do know that they fell down and they worshiped. And this is really interesting. It says something about the true meaning of Christmas, that something remarkable has happened, a remarkable interruption in the everyday life that we expect as God has broken into the timeline and brought an unexpected twist in the story. He has come to earth as a small child wrapped in human flesh and recognized, worshiped, not by the rulers of the day or the religious elite, but by dirty shepherds and pagan practitioners. And the amazing thing is, God is still bringing in those outsiders today. Can you imagine what this story would look like in the modern day? Uh, Mary and Joseph maybe as refugees in in an unfamiliar region maybe giving birth in somebody's backyard or an abandoned shed and who were the shepherds i don't know maybe garbage men on their nightly rounds griping about all the christmas trash they're throwing away coming and being miraculously told of his birth and the magi who didn't come until jesus was a little grown in our modern day might be astrologers I don't know, maybe even tarot card readers who somehow get the sign from God's intervention that they're supposed to come worship this child. Not the local authority, not the governor, not the president, but a child who somehow deserves their worship, a child who an unknown God has miraculously brought them to. And looking at the story this way, I realize again, at least, that God's not going to be put into any of our boxes. This is not the story a church person would come up with. You can see those type of stories in the Christmas songs we sing or the pageants we have kids do. And although there's something amazing about those songs, and I'm so glad we get to sing them today, we, by ourselves, are much more likely to create a paint-by-number scene Of fuzzy sheep and uh, baby cherubs rather than the reality which was dangerous and uncomfortable and even though uh, we again don't have to feel guilty about those things that we like about Christmas so much or the nativity scene with the three wise men in it it's important to remember that God still brings in the outsiders through unimaginable and uncomfortable means He is still bringing the outsiders in this way today. And who are these outsiders? The ones that are a little rough around the edges, that we don't like that much, that we don't agree with? The people who ask too much of us? The poor, the sick, maybe even the eccentric or the obnoxious? The people that we aren't really welcoming in because it'd be too uncomfortable. But the story of Christmas is for everyone. It's for you sitting in these seats and for the people outside these walls. God is calling the outsiders in. And if you're one of those people who's already been called in, who's felt like an outsider and God has brought into his family, then you, like the wise men, are now called to bow before the Prince of Peace and give your ultimate allegiance to him alone. It's interesting that the passage begins in the time of King Herod or during the time of King Herod because the phrase reminds us that Jesus was born under a particular rule of a particular power but the Magi weren't called to obey that power they were called to make the dangerous journey of obeying God it might be important for you today to remember As a man named Mark Powell once wrote, no godly rulers exist in a world enslaved by Satan. It's too easy for us today, even as believers, to give our allegiance to a particular identity we've created, a particular political power, maybe even be shaped by the job we have or how much money we make or the family that we love. But that's not what God calls us to. The God who changed everything by being born in a stable in this chaotic world is not looking for fans, he's looking for followers. Those who, like the Magi, are called from the outside, called from other beliefs, called out of surface to other allegiances, are now called to have a new allegiance to him. And as we sing a couple more Christmas songs and just look forward to this time where we can celebrate his coming, I want you to just take a moment and talk with God and really examine yourself. Ask him, ask yourself, who are you in this story? Are you an outsider that God is calling in? Or are you an insider, somebody who's been called into his family who needs to be reminded that your whole allegiance, your whole self belongs to him? The Christmas story, like every other account in the Bible, calls those of us who believe in him to give the gift of humble service and surrender to the God who put on flesh and came not to be served, but to serve.
2: Create like a pensive place where we could do some self-reflection maybe that's just kind of the place that I've been in in this season I love how Hannah said that God still brings outsiders in today I don't know how you feel but I, I want to ask you now what do we do after being invited into this this thing that is is Jesus it's more than this uh, this religious thing that we do during Christmas time But this understanding, what does it mean to walk with Jesus? Because God is calling all of us in, into something much greater than maybe we can ever imagine. Into a story, I believe, into a way of life. Into a way, he says he's the way, into greater peace. Today we're speaking on peace. And more than ever before, I think it's so important to understand for you and for me, that we have full access to Jesus and his peace and uh, it might not mean much for those who might not understand it but uh, do you feel peace in your life today do you walk in a state of peace knowing that God is absolutely in control knowing that you do not need to fret about tomorrow or worry about Christmas that God is still God in, in, a, in a, maybe everything around you feels like chaos. But we, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we rest in his peace. Say peace. Tell your neighbor peace. Yeah, give him the peace sign if you want to. It's pretty Asian to do that, but go for it. Yeah, right there. Right there, I gave it to you. Right there. John fourteen twenty seven says this. Pete, all right john 14 27 all right we celebrate the word of god because the word of god reveals jesus and jesus changes our life and today with his peace jesus says this peace i leave with you and i want you to hear my voice loudly peace i leave with you my peace i give to you i do not give to you as the world gives not this peace that goes away Not this momentary moment, but a peace that lasts. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be afraid. Then in Matthew 5, 9, it's one of my favorites. I love the Beatitudes. I love it. He says this, blessed or supremely happy to the fullest are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, peace, the word peace in the Hebrews is, uh, is uh, translated to the word shalom. And shalom is much more than like telling someone peace or like this calm or this feeling of peace. It's, the, it's not even the absence of conflict. We're like, isn't peace just this feeling or this absence of conflict? No, shalom is not something it's missing, but shalom is the presence of something, of wholeness, completeness harmony with God see when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers he doesn't just mean I want you to be troubled free I want you to have he's saying I want you to live and walk and move in the highest of good that is his desire that is the peace that he wants to give us right the highest good the fullness this wholeness in my house I don't know about your house we go through cycles of chaos we do. I have three kids. Next year, I tell myself I'm going to have a high schooler, a junior higher, and then an elementary school. And I was like, why did we do this, you know? But we, in this house, they could be best of friends one moment. And on that, in that same moment, they will be the worst and the vilest of enemies. And I don't know how that happens so quickly, Right. And people might assume that at my house that we just sing, like, hymns during bedtime and, and like, what do you want to do, kids? Let's memorize the Bible, you know? No, that's, that's not how my house goes. I don't know about you. But, and people might assume this. But I know this. We're all crazy. We are, especially Candace, right? No, she, she's got to deal with me because uh, I, I say my baseline is crazy, right? I'm like, oh, Lord. The, that's just my baseline but i i think people in general including all of us have this crazy baseline right we're coming from not like this all put together singing hymns at night and memory. we come from a place of like god i made it today i made it through <laughs> right sometimes we we live in 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 in, in a rhythm of chaos and when, when when i speak to you about this piece you're like what does this, that even mean And Jesus is not trying to teach you like, oh, now I understand peace. No, he's saying, if you follow after me and you trust me, courageously trust me, you will live in a peace that you have never could get a hold of. My peace that I leave with you, that I give to you. A peace that no one else could give you. And a peace I believe that all of our hearts desire today, right? In our culture, we're known or characterized by not by peace but rather tension stress conflict difficulty and so the statement where jesus is offering peace seems very far-fetched and i know that's that's my that might be what you're thinking today oh john i've heard this peace thing and 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 it seems far-fetched but it was even more far-fetched to the people that he was speaking to this was actually shocking during jesus's time People who were being oppressed politically, physically, emotionally, religiously by Rome. They wanted a revolution, revenge, retribution. And the message of Jesus was peace, a message of shalom. And so he says, Blessed are shalom makers, right? These makers of c- believing and courageously following this way of Jesus. And now Jesus didn't say, Blessed are the peacekeepers but peacemakers there's a difference a big difference in the words of pastor tim keller he says peacemakers are people who through making peace with god have finally learned how to admit flaws and weaknesses to surrender their pride how to love without the need to control every situation peacemakers peacekeepers are different right they try to keep the peace by sometimes working around the issue and not through it, not talking about it. If you pretend long enough, hoping it goes away. And for example, I don't know if you, this is the example of your house, but have you ever been to like a family dinner that's really tense, right? It reminds me of Saturday Night Live for some reason, right, right. With, with, with Will Ferrell. But it, this family dinner, they're all sitting around, and you can hear the utensils. It's like clicking away. No one's talking. Everyone gives a cordial smile, And you know, no one wants to say anything, right? The tension is thick, and everyone's peacekeeping. Then all of a sudden, the crazy uncle says something, and boom, goes the dynamite, right? He don't care. He's out, right? And everything goes crazy. I want to tell you, that's not peacemaking. That's peacekeeping, right? Uh, Or maybe you can say that's peace faking, right? Uh, You like that, Jen? Yeah? Yeah? That's good. That rhymes. That rhymes right there peacemakers choose to work through conflict to find peace to engage it even though it's hard and uncomfortable they're about the overall shalom of the house overall shalom of the workplace not just the look of it i think more than ever our world scoffs at christians where they fake peace instead of carrying peace instead of seeking peace they, they maybe the cordial smiles are going on And Jesus is asking us to enter into something so much greater. Not this constant underlying low-grade tension that we feel, but a peace of God. But it, it takes our willingness to take people's pain for their peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Romans 12, 18 to 21. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, listen to this. If your enemy is hungry, beat them. No, it doesn't say that. It says feed them. Feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will reap heaps of burning coal on his head. I was like, man, that's kind of aggressive, right? I loved verse 21 Do not overcome evil, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, in view of Jesus, I ask you, I I dare you to choose peace as your act of worship. Shalom, more than just like peacekeeping, right? It's not always about being fair. It's not always about being right. It's about obedience to Jesus. So here's some practical ways to be peacemakers. Now I'll give you three easy ways. And they're not easy. They're really hard, actually. <laughs> but Why not? We're going to take Jesus up on what he says and, and trust him for the outcome. Amen? Yeah, okay. Nope. <laughs> Just pretend amen me. Just amen. <laughs> oh, thank you. I heard that amen. All right. Number one, apologize when you're wrong. Oh, confession is so powerful. It's medicine for a hard soul. Instead of saving face, confront your weakness. Imagine our relationships, if we owned up to all our mistakes, what that would feel like, what would that be like? You wouldn't ever feel unsafe in your relationship. If you're like me, there's moments where you don't say anything because you feel unsafe, right? That's all right. You're not like me, Maybe. And and, and you're like, I can't say this. I can't do this. But can we work things through for the shalom of the house? Have you ever been in conflict with a friend or a family member or a coworker? and you know what needs to be done, but you would rather keep the peace instead of be a peacemaker? Apologize when you're wrong. It's it's hard. Peacemakers apologize when they're wrong. They say, forgive me. I didn't think about you at all. (laughs) I was thinking about me. It was my fault. Admit with no excuses, no buts. It's all about shalom, the highest good above our God. Number two, speak truth only in love, really. A lot of us, we like to speak truth when we're mad, (laughs) right? Let me tell you something. I said there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability. Transparency is like, I have something I need to tell you, right? And vulnerability is like, oh, this is is uncomfortable. Um, But I think we need to talk about this. Because it's been weighing on me for so long. Transparency comes with this matter of pride and sometimes anger. and But vulnerability comes with humility and love and a, a, a desire for overall shalom. Ephesians 4, 15 says, Instead, we speak truth and love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. Right? And how does Christ speak? He speaks in love. And love is patient. This is not a marriage verse. This is a Christian verse. This is how we live. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not dishonorable. It's not proud. It's not self seeking. It keeps no record of wrong. Oh, that's a hard one. It protects, it hopes, it perseveres. Some of us were good at speaking truth but maybe not in love, right? We like to bring the pain. I like to bring the pain sometimes. We had an all-out fight this week, Candace and I. We were screaming, and our kids ran upstairs. <laughs> you know it's bad when they run upstairs, right? And I was like, ah. Oh. So I began by not saying anything up front because I said too much. And I, we apologized, and we worked this through. But love, I, I didn't protect her, you know? I wanted to like be right in the moment because you know when you're wronged, you want justice instead of protection. And you can work out protection. You can work out love, but you choose not to because you don't feel it. You don't need to feel loved to give love. You don't need to feel peace to give peace. Sometimes we walk with Christ, sometimes we stand and be we are courageous with Jesus when we don't feel it at all. See, pain changes us. And I know it personally. But that's... But it doesn't mean that we we follow pain. We follow Jesus. We are called to be peacemakers. Courageously following. Bearing with one another. Forgiving one another. Forgiving us. Christ has forgiven us. Turn to look to Jesus. That's what I mean. When we... Here of the story of Christ, the outsiders were brought in. When I think of outsiders, we can think of a lot of people, but I want you to begin by thinking of you. You were brought in. We do not deserve to be in the story of God. We do not deserve his love, his peace, his grace, his shalom. Forgiveness is not something we deserve, but he gave it to us. As a gift, he has brought us into his story. I pray that we can also give forgiveness when we don't feel it, right? And that was number three. If you dare, forgive and set free. Because he's our king. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called children of God. I love that last tagline. My children, they look like me. Right? They talk like me, they say things they shouldn't like me, right? They act like me. And it's a blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Peacemakers, you look like Jesus, right? Children of God. Right now, we're going to pass out these candles. And if the guys can help me. Oh, they already passed them out. I'm wrong. I'm going to light my candle here. Here. I'm going to grab my candle. Get your candles out. Oh, and I don't know where my candle is. Can I use yours? Yeah. If you don't have a candle, you can raise your hands. See, just keep on passing the light. Oh, you guys, I'm too late. I'm the slowest. Here. Oh, come on. just take one moment as you look at this light I like to look at fire and let God speak to your heart it's just pure energy right in front of you it's amazing it's heat, it's energy take a moment as you look at this candle in your hand As your candle was lit, you got to pass that light, that energy to someone else. Your peace, like that, gives peace. Some of us today, I want to ask you a question. Where do you need to make peace? Maybe peace with someone. Maybe areas you need to let go. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. There's some of us in this room, we haven't forgiven ourselves in a long time. Others of you in this room maybe have never done this, but you need to make peace with God. Something in your life has happened, and you have put a wall up, and you are not at peace because your soul was not at rest with God, with his creator. I would say do it today. Lead yourself as you look at this light. God, I know where I am. You know where I am, God. I need your peace, God. Do it today. Don't wait. Run to Jesus by faith. You don't need to feel it. You need to just know it. And in this season, I hope that you would experience God's peace most of all. A peace that has all understanding. And that as you look at your light, just look at that light. And continue to pass that. Be the light. Everywhere you go. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. just thank you, Lord God, for just bringing us together, Lord God. For the people in here, Lord, who are lights of the world, God. I pray that we would be carriers of your peace, Lord God. And let peace fill all the places, Lord God, that are empty, Lord God. And I pray, let us see our world like that. There are so many empty places, Lord God, that we need to walk into with the peace and the strength of God today. And we do this because we have a king who says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The ushers are going to come forward, and we're going to take offering today for those who are giving. I just want you to say in this season, be generous. If, If you can cut down something in your life to be generous into someone else's life, do it. Walk in steps of being the light. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your smiles. The parking space that you got there first, maybe give that up too. But live a generous life. And you guys can pass that out. You guys can pass that out. I have a couple announcements. If you guys want to uh, uh, give your time and be generous, we are serving the homeless on Christmas morning. Uh, We've been doing that how many years now? four years in a row. Four years. And uh, in, in your programs, you can see uh, Monica and Rico's number. Monica and Rico, can you guys stand? And, uh, just stand up. And after, if you guys want to serve in the mornings, it's going to take a short amount of time. It's an hour and a half of your time to serve a meal, give gifts, give hugs, talk story. I want you guys to come up to these guys And if you guys can be there, be there. If you guys can give in a different way, give give to this uh, outlet that we are doing of Hill City. We believe that we are going to love the people around us well. That is our desire. You guys can be seated. Thank you, guys. Also, next week, there is no service. So if you show up here next week, we will not be here. All right? It Take time to be with your family. If you need to plan with your life groups, go to your life groups. Uh, but have a good time resting and, uh, and uh, being at home. And uh, I just want to thank you. I'm going to close in prayer. But I want to thank you for this year. It's, an, it's not only the end of a year. It's the end of a decade. Do you guys know that? End of a decade. I was thinking about that. And, uh, and, and God has taken us this far. I love the word Ebenezer, which means this far the Lord has been with us. And uh, I love that thought that God is always with us and and that this far, God, I can't believe you've been with us. And with that thought, I'm going to pray and we're going to leave and I want you to leave with peace. Heavenly Father, you are the peace, a peace that we cannot form on our own because we've tried. We've tried. We try to buy peace. We try, to, we try to just say, okay, you can do it. You have peace. You have peace. We try to tell ourselves peace, and we walk through this space, Lord God, and we can sense the spirit of your peace. God. I pray instead of walking out of it, let us take, walk with the Holy Spirit through this week, Lord God, and as Jesus, continue to give me your peace as we give peace to others. Be with Hill City, Lord God, as we end this decade, Lord God, but give us peace clear 2020 vision lord god as we go forward in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen amen. god bless you and thank you guys